The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right, they're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener, it's so much better, and that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time, and that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets podcast. All right, cool. All right, everyone. My name is Tanner. I am here with the man, the myth, the legend, Kyler from Colorado. How's it going today, Kyler? Thanks for having me, Tanner. Yeah, absolutely, man. Definitely uh, been been following you on Instagram. A lot of uh, what you do is uh, pretty congruent with what I do in terms of how we operate our business. And, um, you know, part of Trade Thrive is is kind of giving that, that sneak peek behind the scenes, you know, really uh, wanting to know what it is that you've done uh, to get you to the point to where you are. So why don't you just start with telling us a little about who you are, what you do, uh, really what separates you in the painting business. Okay. Do you want me to kind of start from the beginning? and From the beginning, man. From the beginning. Meat and potatoes. All right. Uh, cool. Well, I, uh, I basically grew up here in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Um, grew up here my whole life. Went to high school. After high school, uh, I was going to go play lacrosse in college. Okay. But um, decided, hey, uh, I didn't really want to go put myself into all this college debt and then come out and have a job. So right. ended up moving up to Wilson, North Dakota, and I worked in the oil industry for a little bit up there. Oil industry. And, yeah. Learned a lot up there. You know, I was working with guys that were double my age and, you know, it's it's the oil industry, so it can get a little rough up there. But sure, sure. learned a Good lot imagine. from yeah, I learned a lot from it and then came to a point where I was like, hey, like I want to run my own business. I didn't know how to do it, where to start. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that I couldn't be working a job and then put all my time into running a business. So the day I turned 20 years old, I put my two weeks up there in North Dakota. Didn't tell my family or anything. I told them all after the fact and they're like, oh, you're crazy. Like you should stay up there. That's a great career, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I think there's more to life than this. So I moved back to Colorado and didn't know what I was doing. Um, You know, I just quit my job, was making, you know, great money up there. And now I'm living off savings and I was helping uh, my friend's dad clean carpets. Um, During that process, though, I got to see how a small business ran and operated. And so I was actually going to jump into doing carpet cleaning. And then uh, I was. (laughs) (laughs) And then... um, and then, you know, I was looking at buying a van, getting all the equipment and everything. And then my buddy, he was staining fences and he was making pretty good money with that. And I was like, oh, well, what if I just did that with houses? Uh, keep in mind, I've never painted a house before. Uh, you know, I've done, you know, rolling a couple walls, helping out on the inside of a house, but nothing taking on a full project. Wow. Um, and then so it was a couple buddies and I were like, oh, well, hey, let's start a painting business. So it started off with three of us total. By the time everything was all set up and ready to go, it was just me. (laughs) So I hadn't painted before. And now, you know, I had started a painting company and got told a lot of no's, did a lot of estimates, didn't know what I was doing. I was just kind of throwing out random numbers and seeing what stuck. And finally, I got my first house and I said, oh, crap, Uh, I have to paint this house now. 
Um, I didn't <laughs> yeah, have the a hard part. Yeah, I didn't have a van. I didn't have a sprayer. I didn't have ladders. I didn't even own a, own a paintbrush. So I had to get creative with it, and I ended up using my parents' Suburban. I used my dad's ladders. He had, like, this super old sprayer that he let me use that it literally lasted me just to the end of the job where I was spraying the last section on the house. Um, but since I didn't know how to paint, I had this first house. I, uh, I got YouTube educated, looked up on YouTube how to paint the outside of a house, how to wow. prep it, how to tell pressure me, wash tell it. Tell me you looked at the Idaho painter. I, you know, I didn't hear There was another guy out there. Um, <laughs> I don't know who he's not that big anymore, but uh, I don't know who what his name was, but he had great content and yeah, yeah, I did exactly what he did, and I think it was a small house, which you know would have taken a crew of two, maybe a day to do. I was there for seven days, twelve wow. hours a day, just working it myself, and finally got Hammering the, it out, man. yeah, awesome. got it done, and um, so that's basically how it all started. And then learned really quickly, like, hey, I am not a painter. And uh, the whole point in starting the business wasn't so I could paint, it was so I could run a business. And uh, so from there, I started bringing on crews and uh, bring, brought on a sales guy and a project manager and just been growing ever since. So last year, wow. we did about 150 houses. And this year, we're on track to do about 200 houses. Wow, that is the ultimate rags to riches story man and that that's inspiring and uh <laughs> you know i mean to anyone listening out there i mean you know at the end of the day one of the things that i like to preach is that if you are starting a business you have to be willing to get your hands dirty i mean how much did you really learn um by getting your hands dirty i mean i can imagine it only you know it's only benefiting you now just to have that hands-on experience am i right yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where I'm more of a person that, you know, if I don't know what I'm doing, I'll just dump, jump into it and just try to figure it out along the way. Sure. And so basically, you know, with each step of my business, like that's kind of what I did. I just threw myself in the fire and I was like, all right, let's figure it out. Sure. You know, sure. brought on the first wow. crew. All right, figure it out. How do we do this? How do you bring on good people? You know, all of yeah. that. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of how you have to be in business. And, and I'm sure you can attest that every stage of the way, whether it's getting out of the brush or if it's you know, transitioning to having someone else take over the estimating role. This is your business. So it's scary kind of letting those things go. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah. The moment you let go of, you know, taking full control over something and yeah, releasing absolutely. that to somebody else, it's like, you got to trust that, hey, everything's getting done the way you want it done. And, you know, it's turning out the way you want. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, part of it is just finding people that that care a little more than it just being a job yep. and having having that not only that respect for uh, the place they work but for you as the business owner knowing that anything that happens or any it falls on your shoulders because they could leave at any time and you're left with what's left so yep. um, one of the biggest things and and you know this I mean this is something that um, you know I preach a lot um, it's just people people ask me how do I know when to get out of the brush and and if you've if you could only know how many people in the painting business are just stuck in that production phase for you, it sounds like you were in and out kind of just like how I was, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was one of those things where I recognized, you know, the more the merrier, the more people I have on this job, the more people or the faster it's going to get done. What advice would you give to someone um, who's really just stuck there and just afraid to get out of that production? Yeah, that's a good. You know, that's a great question. So, the way I looked at it in my eyes was 
you know, I remember doing these first couple houses, you know, putting all that work in and, you know, say I was making, you know, say $2,000 on a house, you know, that's, that's a small, small job size, but say it was $2,000 you're making, paying for your materials and labors, you're taking all that, you're taking all that labor. Well, you know, once you bring on a crew, your profit margin isn't as big as it once was, but this is where it all comes to a mindset of how you have to look at it. You know, instead of focusing on, hey, I'm going to paint, you know, five houses a month. It's like, okay, how do I find 10 houses a month to paint and mm-hmm. then bring on a crew to paint that so you can still make that same amount of money? And so it's, it's kind of just, you know, volume. And you, like you've said a lot, you got to start focusing more towards that sales and marketing aspect. You start focusing there, you know, you're not going to have the time to paint. You know, you're going to start be putting people in place. And you're going to start creating your team to do it. And the moment you, you know, let go of that paintbrush, you also got to be okay with, hey, your guys are going to make mistakes. You know, you can correct them and fix them along the way, but it's just going to happen. You know, people are going to be people. And so you got to be willing to sometimes fail a little bit, you know, get kicked a little bit and then be able to move forward. Yeah, yeah. And I think, it. you know, you hit it on the head and it really just comes down to um, the money. I mean, it, it, it has to, because here's the thing, like you said, like, okay, I can make, I can make two grand on one job and paint five houses a month, or I could take a little piece from 15 houses a month and not have to trade my time for that money. Yep. Um, and, and really, you know, at the end of the day, as a business owner, you know, how many different tasks does a, a, a true business owner have? You know, there's probably 25, 30 tasks that we can rattle off back and forth. Yep. Production takes up the majority of your time. So you, if you have a pie graph of, you know, 100%, you know, production during the day, if you're painting your own jobs, is taking about 70% of that pie chart, which leaves 30% for the other 29 tasks that need to be done if you're trying to operate efficiently. Yep. So, um, you know, getting out of the brush, that's, that's a huge one. Why don't, why don't you tell me a little bit about what it was like for you to get out of the estimating? Because, you know, for as many people, for as much as I want people to get out of the brush and get out of that production phase, um, it's just as important to start eyeing the next phase is getting out of the estimating. Tell me what that looks like for you and how you made that transition. Um, great question. So when I made the transition of bringing on a sales guy, um, you know, I still – we weren't a ton of estimates coming in. Uh, you know, it's maybe doing five estimates a week or something, but I knew, cause what happened was I do, a lot of the work we do is on the South side of Denver. Um, I had a girlfriend, we're now engaged, but I ended up moving to Northern Colorado. So from like where the main part of my business was, it was probably about an hour and a half drive. Oh, wow. So very quickly I learned that I couldn't do a three hour commute just to get to that area and then drive all around there. So I was like, I had to put somebody in place right away. So I kind of got forced into a position where I had to bring somebody in. Um, so I kind of, I didn't know what I was doing at first. I just hired basically the first person that came to me. I was like, Oh, yep, you're a good fit. And then just, wow. just kind of went for it. Um, you know, he turned out really good, worked out well for, you know, six to eight months, you know, for a painting season. And then, you know, he wasn't the best fit, but I kind of got forced into the position because I, once you start running a business, it's all about your time. You know, you realize, hey, it's not going to put eight hours in at a job site. So it's like, okay, you have eight to 12 hours for a working day. 
how are you going to utilize this time to the best to help make your business grow? Hmm. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. So it was, and you know, sometimes those forced decisions are the best ones, man. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of speak about my transition because that's where we are in our businesses that I made that decision to put someone in place. Um, for, I think I reached out to you and kind of asked how it worked for you. But one of the things that I did, um, you know, being as though that I'm still local and it really wasn't a forced decision. It was just like, you know, it's time to kind of pass the baton, man, because, you know, as a business owner, your sales are everything. I mean, not, you know, you have the responsibility initially to make sure that your employees and the people working for you can pay their bills. You know, now that responsibility falls on this other person who doesn't have the same pressure that you did. So, you know, yeah, if he if he's okay with going home with only making three sales, you know, in two weeks, you know, um, that's that's different than you going home with three sales in two weeks, knowing that you're going to have, you know, eight or 10 people wondering, you know, where their paycheck is. Yep. So, um, you know, so there's a there, you know, there's some back and forth there, but it's one of those things that if you don't do it, um, you, you, if you don't just go in on it, you never will. Um, so it's one of those things that you just really have to just accept that it's another stage of growth. Yep. Um, and continuing on this path of growth, we know that the, the next phase of this, um, you know, really is just focusing on marketing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what your role is now that you're kind of out of the sales role, you're out of the production role. Um, what does your typical day look like? How do you, how do you maintain the, uh, the workflow and how do you communicate with your team? Yeah, good question. Um, so as of right now, I currently don't have a production manager, so I am stepping into that role somewhat. Um, but right now we have an absolutely phenomenal crew of painters. Um, so they really do a good job of kind of handling all that. Um, so, you know, I think as far as like my day to day, it's a lot of what I do is I'm focusing on, you know, hey, how can we get, you know, how can we put ourselves out there more on social media? Uh, how can we get more reviews on our company? Uh, how can we bring in more leads? Um, you know, whether it's using, uh, you know, lead gen programs like Home Advisor, or, you know, there's tons of them out there using those programs to, um, you know, getting self-generated leads through uh, Facebook. Um, I've done some stuff in Google, haven't really cracked the code on that one yet. Um, but a lot of the stuff where we focused a lot is on um, on Facebook. So just running Facebook ads, also putting out organic content and driving people to the website I've seen has just been yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, and, and with technology, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, it, you really are in the driver's seat with, with the avenues that, that we've been afforded with technology um, and, and yep. these paid lead, paid lead services. You know, you think back maybe 10, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, before these things were really popular, um, you know, door knocking was the most sufficient Um you know, paying a couple guys to run some leads and, and, and go out there was the most efficient. What are your thoughts on the direction of the way homeowners are buying uh, paint jobs from from painting companies? What, what do you what do you what is your um, I would say, what is your assessment of how, how the future of, of the business is going to go? Yeah, great question. Uh, well, I think you've talked about this a little bit, too, and I definitely agree with you in the fact that you know, homeowners, they're definitely how they're hearing about a lot of painting companies or discovering them is through a lot of these third party legion programs. Um, and, you know, they're these companies, their sole job is to get leads. Uh, 
and therefore they're spending a lot of money to get these leads. Um, and it's all about like a cost per acquisition, right? right? So, you know, for us, you know, to say you want to keep your marketing within, you know, 10% of your total job size, you know, say you got a $2,000 project that, you know, you have 200 bucks in advertising. Well, you know, what's happening and what I've noticed is, especially when a lot of these companies start upping up their ad budget, well, it increases my cost per acquisition. So instead of me, say, spending 50 bucks to get a lead, maybe I'm spending like 75 to 85 to get yeah. that lead. Um, you know, and these companies can do it because they're, you know, they're spending a hundred bucks to get that lead. And then they're sending it out to three or four contractors, you know, at X amount of right. dollars. So I think the way it's moving is yeah, a lot of people are, you know, going to be finding companies through that. But I think the other way is, you know, really making sure that your company has a solid online presence. I agree. I would say majority of the customers that paint with us, um, they're always like, yeah, we, we went with you because, hey, you know, we liked your estimator for one. That's usually what they say. And then the second thing is, yeah, you have a really good online yep. presence. You know, you have great reviews anywhere you go. You know, people aren't really saying anything bad. Um, and, you know, you're just you're you're controlling what people see about I you agree. online. I think that's the best I way agree. to put it. And, and that's what it you know, really, that's what it comes down to is being able to uh, really get people to know you, like you and trust you based off of what your online presence looks like i mean and that's just the basics that's you know your website is number one i mean people are trained to go look at the website number two is those reviews um and you know people read through these reviews so um one thing that i've been doing is you know whenever we're done a job you know i'm going to call that homeowner and if i got them through home advisor i just say hey uh you know whoever it is, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, um, Home Advisor is going to be sending you an email. It's going to ask you to write a little story about our experience today. Would it be okay if you could take a few minutes to do that for me? And the level of, I would say, depth that these people take in our reviews. I had a guy that wrote, I mean, he could have published this story. I mean, he's just it's just about the crew and about the experience and about just the small details that we focus on. Um, and I feel like if, if you can get people to emph- emphasize those in your own words, it just makes people that much more comfortable with going with you because you never know. I mean, you just never know what people are, uh, you know, what's real important to people. So for some, for, for example, you know, you get some homeowners that are huge about, um, you know, just making sure that the crew is, uh, you know, for example, let's say the crew is neat and clean and, you know, they clean up after the job because they had a bad experience with a flooring contractor two years ago. Well, guess what? If you read through our reviews, somebody's going to tell you about how we vacuumed the house when we were finished and, you know, all that stuff. So, um, you know, really, yeah. I mean, I, I truly believe that everything you're saying with online presence is 100% true. And what I've been doing is, knowing that in the back of my head and pretty much coaching my clients on how to make that even better for my business by pretty much explaining, Hey, could you write a little story about our experience today? Not just saying, Hey, they did a great job. Yada, yada. Tell me about who your favorite painter was. Tell me about what you enjoy most. And, and you know, what I'm finding is it's making a tremendous difference and people are pointing out specific reviews. Um, So that's been working for me. So in terms of, um, you know, we talked about growth, we talked about lead services, we talked about all that fun stuff, man. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what's next for you, man? I think, um, you know, any 
any entrepreneur always has something something in the back of their mind about um, you know where they plan to transition to, whether it's within the same business or outside of the same business. Any big plans for you going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I'm always working on other stuff. So you know how I always look at it is you know my painting company is great, and I use it as cash flow to fund other sure. things. So I'm big into the cryptocurrency world. I have a mining operation in Russia wow. right now, and also another one in South Dakota. Um, so definitely focusing on a lot with that during this uh, low time here in crypto, trying to build that up and um, always doing multiple stuff online. I used to have a company um, selling products on Amazon and eBay. I had that a couple of years ago. And so I'm always looking for new things. But, you know, the biggest thing is, is just, you know, becoming more financially independent sure. and, uh, you know, just being able to take care of my family and, you know, all my friends, sure. everything like that. Sure. So always looking for opportunities and, you know, meeting new people and, uh, you know, trying to inspire people along the way to do it for themselves. Cause I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, anybody can do what we're doing, sure. right, Tanner? It's, it's possible for anybody to do, but it's like, Hey, who's gonna put the drive into it? Who's gonna, who's gonna put in those long days in the beginning when you're not getting any success and you're not getting any sure. traction, you know, it's just learning to keep breaking through all those barriers and, you know, just becoming bigger than your problems. Absolutely. You know, I had a mentor tell me, Hey, you know, you know, the, you know, these millionaires, billionaires, you know, the only difference is, is, you know, they're solving level 10 problems while you're over here solving level two yep. problems. Like a good example here is when I first got started in the painting business, the first job, so I use subcontractors. Um, but the first job I did was I subbed it out to, um, a group of guys Everything went well. They painted the house great. We were working for this fix and flipper, and uh, we finished the job. Comes time to get paid, and now this guy is not answering phone calls. Right. You know, can't get a hold of him or nothing. Right? Uh, you know, I had you know my crew was freaking out. They're like, "Hey, you know, we need to get paid. We need to get paid." I'm like, "Well, hey, I can't pay you until I get paid by these guys." And um, you know, ended up going out to like a wow. month and a half, and you know, my crews are like, "Hey, like you know, we're gonna sue you if you don't pay us." You know, this is like the first job ever subcontracted Jeez. out. And I just remember how stressful that situation sure. was. Like I owed the crew maybe 1500 bucks, which now is not a sure. big deal. But I was like, oh my gosh, that's 1500 bucks. Yeah. Like how am I ever going to make that money to be wow. able to pay them? Oh my gosh, they're going to sue me. And, you know, in all reality, like that's like a level two sure. problem. You know, I've, you know, I've had that happen where, you know, we've got payment delayed out a couple of weeks or something. It's like, okay, it's not a big sure. deal. Sure. You know, you're just becoming bigger than each one of those problems. And, Absolutely. You know, the more stress and the more pressure you can handle without blowing up, like, you know, the further and further you can and, get. And out of that, I think that the key is experience and really, um, you know, going through those going through those trying tough times. Right. Make those problems that much smaller for when they ever come up again. And part of the yep. reason why, um, you know, I, I, I love this this acronym or you know or mnemonic or i'm not sure what it's called but it's can i i don't know if you're in the tony robbins but he has this this really good saying man it's consistent and never ending improvement and no matter what man you just got to keep the momentum going in your business you got to continue to see another day man you get a client that doesn't pay you i mean yeah at the end of the day it's a horrible situation but you keep moving forward um, and yep. you know, that's what it comes down to, man. I, I, I have, a, I had a situation where, um, you know, this was early on in my business. 
um, you know, I had this, this oil metal oil door, dude. And I had no clue how to work with oil paint, but you know, just being a young, hungry entrepreneur, not wanting to say no to anybody, uh, which in retrospect, I've learned my lesson, but, um, you know, turns out that I, I, painted this oil door man and it started to sag you know the oil paint i didn't thin it down at all so it was super heavy man i used the wrong brush and you know next thing you know man this guy is furious this is double door man this beautiful door and i pretty much ruined the door so then you know i'm i'm, I'm you know i'm going back the next day i buy this like really expensive horribly chemical product to strip down the entire door can you imagine just just the mess of trying to get oil off of a door, you know, with this like super strong <laughs> product, right? So the whole front yeah. porch is just loaded with with tarps and napkins, and I got red paint. Of course, it's like dark red, man. I got red paint all over me, man. And this guy is just getting – he's just losing his patience because he's now seeing yep. that I have no clue what I'm doing. And – Mm -hmm. I just remember, and it was like a lightning thundering storm happening, and I'm under this like overhang, so it wasn't like loading. I mean, it was just this moment of just like, am I am I doing the right thing here? Like, I had two employees. I mean, you know, I'm pretty much begging for this job to to just stay busy. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm worried about my reputation. I have no clue what I'm doing, and you know, it was one of those things where I was like you know, let's get it, you know, let's just do it, you know, and just hammer it out, you know, and I'm going to take the heat from the homeowner and I'm going to take whatever punishment the rest of this job is going to give me. But pressing forward is something that I'll never forget. And I'll remember next time to make sure that any job I take is one that I know that I can manage and maintain. And that's part of the experience, man. And that's, that's my uh, go through story that I have for you. Yeah, I like yeah. that. You know, something I think your, you know, your um, listeners might find some value in is, you know, I feel like a lot of them, you know, they're, they're in that phase where they're in the brush right now, they're wanting to get out of the brush and start getting into sales, marketing, more of that avenue. And, you know, some people think, hey, getting bigger, hey, that's taking more risk, you know, you know, it's putting more financial risk on you. That's one way to look at it. And that's one perspective. Wow. You know, something I've looked at is, hey, the bigger you get, Hey, the more secure you actually get, right, Tanner? Because, you know, for instance, you have that guy, you painted the door, say it was a thousand bucks to paint the door, you know, say he didn't pay you. Well, if you're just in the brush painting, you're doing five houses a week. Well, that was one of the, your five. Well, now you've only completed four houses and got paid on that missing that fifth house is really going to hurt you because you were counting on it. But if you start bringing up more volume and you're doing 10 to 15 houses a week, well, now you have 10 to 15 different people paying you. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, they say the average millionaire has seven streams. Yeah, that's multiple streams. So right do you want five <laughs> different people, five different people paying you a month or do you want 15 different people Absolutely. paying you a month? Because say one person doesn't pay you. Well, I'd rather be painting 15 houses then and get paid on 14 than paint five houses and get paid Absolutely. on four. Absolutely. And I agree. And there's a lot of guys out there and, you know, you just, you know, jumping on Instagram, seeing how passionate some of my followers are about painting and you know some of them might misunderstand me where i say you need to get out of the brush i'm not telling you you need to stop painting if that's your passion that's what you love to do but my recommendation is to anyone listening who loves to paint who wants to keep painting is set up another group of guys on the side that are going out there 
painting houses for you while you go and do your specialty work or whatever you're staining or whatever it is that you like to do. You don't have to be a full-time marketing manager like you and I are. You can still do your own thing, but to develop that second stream of income, third stream of income, fourth stream of income, whatever it is, you know, that, that, that person decides to do, you know, I think, I think would be a huge benefit, you know? So um, yeah. Not to say that we're just two young entrepreneurs who never painted houses. I mean, I painted when I was a kid with my dad, but when I started my business, I was in the same boat as you, man. I, you know, I, I had to Google how to estimate the outside of a house and how to paint the outside of a house. If I didn't have my, if oh, I didn't yeah. have my Sherwin Williams rep, who was so kind and who really just understood that I had no clue what I was doing, you know, I probably would have, would have, would have gave up because she was just, you know, she walked me through the entire process of painting the outside of a house. And, uh, you know, you know, you know, just don't think that that we come from a place of like we don't respect the painting business. But at the end of the day, uh, our focus is, number one, we're providing jobs to people, um, you know, who do paint and use painting uh, to support their families. And number two, I believe we're raising the standard in terms of, um, you know, people really, truly recognizing that there are painting companies that have a business like system and structure in place to deliver a quality result. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's, we're going through a shift in the entire painting industry. You know, I think what you're doing, Tanner, of putting automated systems in there, I'd say 95% of painting companies sure. don't have that. Yeah. And that's where I think the opportunity of people that are wanting to grow a business in this industry, you know, the sky is sure. really the limit, you know, there's little competition and, you know, to get yourself, you know, ranking at the top, it doesn't, doesn't take a whole at all. lot. <laughs> I mean, and you got to think one thing, another thing I think is awesome about the painting business is there are not many trades where we can work on the outside of the house and the inside of the house. So not only do we mm -hmm. have, you know, everyone who lives in a house is our potential customer, but we can also service the outside of that house too. So, I mean, you know, the, the market is just incredible. Um, and you're right. You don't need a lot to stand out. You know, you know, one person with a team of three separates themselves from, you know, half of the competition because people want three things. You know, they want you to keep your promises on when you're going to show up. They want you to do a good job, make sure it's, it's quality, and they, they want you to do it in an in a efficient amount of time. You know, they don't want you moving into their house. Mm -hmm. So um, if you focus yep. on those three things, you'll be successful, man. Well, um, your time is so much appreciated, man. I know you're a busy man. And before we wrap up, I just want to ask you, do you have a book recommendation, man? I want to see if there's I know you've 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 opened up a couple books. Uh, what do you what do you recommend, man? Is there anything that really stands out to you? Maybe that, that changed your way of thinking that gave you a shift that you think uh, would benefit anyone listening to this today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say the book called The Law of Success. Ooh, um, and this is the uh, the un, unabridged version, I want to say, that, or an audio version. It's you can probably get an audio book of it. Um, so this is the book before Think and Grow Rich really? was made. So, this is so Think and Grow Rich was made from this book. And it basically like Andrew Carnegie had some guy go around and interview all these different people, all these, uh, you know, rich and successful people, you know, find out what their secret to success was. And he bre breaks it down into, I want to say 13 different laws and, you know, how they all work off each other and, you know, how you can use that to your advantage and whatever you're wow. doing. So I would say that that was definitely a game changer book. And 
when I read that, I read it with like a group of five people. And, you know, every two weeks we were meeting up and kind of talking about the chapter, what we learned and, you know, really breaking that book down and studying it has definitely been a wow, huge impact wow. for me. I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think I've heard of that book. So that's going to definitely be one of uh, an upcoming on my list, man. Hey, I appreciate your time, Kyler, man. I respect what you're doing. I look forward to uh, to seeing your growth, man. You're definitely uh, ahead of the game and ahead of your time, man. So thanks again. I'm truly, uh, truly thankful to have you on the Trade Craft Podcast, man. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for having me, Tanner, and hope everybody All has right, a great man, day. Take it easy. Bye. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at contractor coach. And I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email, find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And, and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.